Welcome to Dietitian Boss. I'm Libby Rothschild, your host and fellow dietitian. I'm a coach to my fellow female colleagues all around the world. I help you get leads and turn prospective clients into paying customers using online marketing and social media strategies that focus on sales. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Jess Sertikoff, registered dietitian nutritionist and coach for her fellow RDs. Her background is in mentoring nutrition students, dietetic interns, and new RDs showed her how many future and current dietitians struggle with the same perfectionism and lack of confidence she herself felt when she was new to the field. Drawing from her passions and intuitive living and personal connection, Jess now specializes in empowering new dietitians with three years of experience or less to diffuse stress and build confidence so that they can finally start turning their vision for themselves and their lives, personal and professional, into reality. You can connect with Jess on Instagram at empowering.dietitians. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Hi, it's so great to be here. Happy to have you. Yeah, really excited to get chatting and, and talk all things about inspiring dietitians and especially the work that you do with them. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about how you got to where you are here today and how you help fellow dietitians in a mentorship capacity? Sure. So uh, it really started with my own personal journey of feeling like I was this type A perfectionist dietitian and always like achieving high ambition. And I was always stressing myself out about it. And it took a long time for me to realize how much that was holding me back as a dietitian and how it was kind of getting in the way because I would have like stress breakdowns and like put so much pressure on myself. And it wasn't until I hit like my mid twenties that I realized that I really needed to change, um, that I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I was stressed out, overworked all the time. And I kind of just went at it and did it on my own because there wasn't a ton of support out there for that at the time that I could find. So I kind of started doing it on my own. I saw a therapist. I did some journaling and like reading, researching on my own to figure it out and um, was able to start implementing these self-care techniques, these time management techniques that made me a happier person and a more effective dietitian. And so then it really like still didn't hit for me to work with other dietitians. But when I was starting to think about doing some side work with counseling and I had to figure out who I wanted to speak to. I was thinking, well, I want to help other women. I want to help other women who are struggling with perfectionism and all this stuff. And as I was thinking about it, it hit me. These are other dietitians. Like that was who I wanted to speak to. And so I started to shift my focus away from traditional nutrition counseling and towards working with other dietitians who have been experiencing the same kind of stressors that I went through. Yeah, that's great. And so when you mentioned time management and self-care techniques, can you yeah. give some specific examples for those listening who struggle with that, but can't quite wrap their finger around what that means? Of course. Uh, so it really varies from person to person. There's no right or wrong way to do self-care or to do time management. It's more about finding what works for you. So um, some of the things that I do with time management is I make sure that I set limits on how many things I put on my to-do list every day. 
So I might have a brain dump to-do list um, so that I don't forget everything, but I only migrate three to six of those things onto my daily list. And that keeps me focused and it keeps me from being super overwhelmed. So that's one of the time management techniques that I do. Um, I also map out my week. Um, so I kind of schedule in when I'm going to work on different projects so that I can single task and, and stay focused with that. And then self-care is everything from making time for friends to making time for yourself. So like I have every Friday night is my me night where I have no to-do list, no plans. I just have some me time in my apartment to chill and recharge. And that's been really important for me. Uh, especially as an introverted dietitian. Can we talk a little bit more about this me night? Because for those of you listening, if you don't have a me night, although hashtag goals, right. I really like that. You could have like a me hour or of like course. part of your day. So can you of talk course. a little bit more? I really like that. Like, how did you come to that? Is that something that you help and inspire and talk about among you know your fellow colleagues? Absolutely. And I understand that everybody's life and schedules are different. You don't always have a luxury to just completely have an entire night for yourself. But um, it started out with like, I would make sure that I would go for a walk in the middle of my day without distractions, without my phone, just me, myself. And it was like 15 minutes in the middle of my work day. I decided that because I am very introverted, I needed to step it up a little bit. And especially because I was juggling so many different things. So I was working full-time. I am working full-time as a dietitian, working on the side with this, also juggling a relationship and um, family time and everything. And I realized that I never had time for myself where I was relaxing because if I was by myself, I was working. And if I was relaxing, I was with somebody else. So I came to the aha moment of that was stressing me out too. And I needed to have at least a chunk of time where I was on my own to kind of just chill and do something completely unproductive. And how did you, I think that's really smart. How did you come to that mindset where you needed to put yourself, you needed to give that the opportunity to yourself? Like that sounds really high level. I think a lot of us listening might not be able to connect those dots without a lot of support. Yeah. To, to be honest, I had a little bit of a breakdown. So as much as I work on my own self-care, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And I'm going to miss things along the way. So I wasn't recognizing as the stress was building until all of a sudden, I think it was, I was actually going to a doctor's office. I didn't have an appointment. I just had to go for allergy shots. And I went and I went to put my handle on the door and it was locked um, because I guess I missed the appointment, the like open time by one minute. And that locked door, I started crying out of nowhere. And it was that moment that I was like, all right, Jess, you're not crying over a locked door. Like what's happening right now? Um, and so I think it's important to put it out there that even though I work a lot on mindset and confidence and assertiveness and boundary setting, I'm going to have times too where I don't catch it early enough. And the only way I catch it is because I get upset. And when I get upset, it's a red flag for me to take a step back and say, okay, what's really going on and what do I need to do for myself moving forward? I appreciate you sharing that story. I think that's very relatable. And for those of us listening, if you haven't broke down and cried because we all have different ways of showing our emotion, maybe there's been a you know, situation where you've gotten angry or upset or had some type of emotion. And if you can sit down and reflect and identify that, whether you're working with a therapist 
or in some way where you're able to process your emotions, it's going to help you have a higher emotional intelligence. And it's definitely going to help help you succeed more in life and in business because it, it's really hard to move forward as you're looking in, into your own self uh, to identify and align with what you're doing. It's really hard to do that without self-reflection. Absolutely. I am a big fan of that and also having a support system. So, um, I mean, I've worked with you in the past. I have a therapist on top of that. I have social support with friends and family. So it's really important. Social support comes in a lot of different forms, but to have someone there who's on the outside who can look in on what you're going through and be able to give some insight or remind you to pause and take a step back. Yeah. And what happens if dietitians don't have that support system, which can look different? That doesn't mean, Jess is not saying everybody needs a team of three people, although we all have our own little version of that. What kind of suggestions do you have for somebody who might not have therapists and maybe they don't have a coach? What would you suggest? I think taking it one step at a time. I mean, there are certainly free resources out there. I have things on my Instagram page and I have like a freebie on my website for helping you overcome perfectionism. And because when you can use some of those free resources, it can at least give you ideas to start. So maybe it teaches you how to start journaling once a day for two minutes or doing a breathing exercise. So one of the things that I share with people who sign up for my email list is a breathing exercise that they can go through when they're feeling stressed. And little things like that can start getting the ball rolling. Yeah, really helpful, practical tips. Mm-hmm. And breathing is so powerful. Yes. Yeah. And, and absolutely check out Jess's uh, stuff, including her Instagram content, which is really um, niche down, which I love. So you could reflect a little bit on us working together. Um, what did you learn and implement to improve your skills in our time together? Everything. So when I first started, I had an idea and very little else. I didn't have a coaching program. I didn't really have an Instagram. I had an Instagram page, but it wasn't really focused on what I wanted to focus on. So one of the biggest skills, it's not quite a skill, but the lesson of just starting before you're ready, before you have it all figured out, because you learn and grow in the process. So if you try and get things behind the scenes perfect before you launch an Instagram page or a course or something like that, then you're going to waste all this time that you could be implementing and learning kind of on the job. And that's where the growth really happens. I think that's a a really nice observation and very true, especially among those listening who gravitate towards perfectionism. And I work with a lot of dietitians that I see that we hold ourselves back because we don't want to provide a service until we have two years of clinical. And after two years of clinical, we need five more. And after that, we need to be promoted and, you know, whatever it might be, whatever excuses we tell ourselves, Uh, it can feel really scary to get started before you're ready. And I am so glad that you shared that because that is really important um, for all of us. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. Exactly. And you can scroll through my Instagram page and see how much it's changed over time. Um, One of the other things that I really learned from you was how to shift my storytelling in my posts, my captions, and my stories to be more concise and specific. And so it's not just the content that evolved, but the way that I'm able to tell a story and kind of capture what other dietitians are going through. And what has that, and I can say you've already done such a great job (laughs) talking about the doorknob and you crying and that experience kind of telling you that you needed to understand the bigger picture. So Jess, for those of you listening, just, she already shared a story earlier, which is (laughs) an example. 
So you want to ask what has that, what outcome has that yielded you? Has that created community? Like has that created further connection? Like what has that done for you as a, as a business? Well, first of all, it, for me, it makes content generating a lot easier because when I'm much more specific, then I have more content that I can do. If I'm vague in general, then it starts to sound repetitive. Um, but for an actual like business, kind of my higher purpose, it's the connection. I am able to reach so many more people who resonate with my stories specifically because it's that whole like cliche of if you're speaking to everyone, you reach no one. So by giving something, a specific story on my Instagram post of something that I'm going through or something that a client of mine is going through, another dietitian might read that and say, I've been through that exact thing. And I, fe- I feel that. And they connect with it. And then they connect with me and I'm able to build this community of support, which is absolutely incredible. Yes, you're able to build to, you know, speak to one person and create a message that elicits mm-hmm. emotion through visual, through copy, and then through your stories and lives on Instagram. Is that right? Exactly. Excellent. So could you talk a little bit about what lessons you wish you learned earlier, uh, if it is storytelling or other things regarding social media to build the presence that you have now and market and sell your service. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, everything that I learned, it would have been nice to have learned it earlier, but I also think that the way that learning works is we learn it exactly when we need to, or when we're ready to learn it. So I think the biggest struggle for me with social media was how to balance showcasing my authenticity with what with the messages that my ideal client needed to hear. And what I mean by that is I was very kind of like, I learned that I needed to be more than just this bland dietitian giving a generic message. So I have, my friends always joke that I'm like the hippie in the friend group and you had challenged me to showcase that more, but it's always a balancing act of how do you show that you're an individual and help people get to know you without them feeling like working with you means that they have to be exactly like you too, if that makes sense. So, so I think that balancing act of, of showcasing my like hippie side with some meditation posts and other things without kind of implying that other dietitians, if they worked with me would have to have those same values was a learning curve. Yeah. So how you stand out and position yourself and attract people um, and accept them for who they are and, and are unique. And how do you feel after being able to position yourself with that aspect of your personality? Like, do you feel more authentic and connected to your brand? Like, Walk us through how that's been able to, I guess, transform your messaging and your ability to relate. It, it really makes me feel more aligned and connected and fulfilled because I'm really being my most authentic self. I go on Instagram and I'm me. I don't have to pretend to be my brand. I am my brand. And that has been really helpful. And it's also been really helpful to communicate the message to other dietitians that my job is to help you figure out what your authenticity is and what aligns with your inner being so that you can feel the confidence and assertiveness to go out there and be that person. It might not be a hippie. It might be someone else, but to have the, that confidence to be able to do it is really powerful. 
Yeah. And by you showing that that's part of your brand, that's your representation of how you've done, how you've done the work and gone through that journey. So it's not that you're saying they have to be like you, but going through that process of discovery is exactly. part of that those difficult conversations and emotions require for you to, you know, be confident and assertive in, in how you're, you know, unique. Exactly. So with that being said, uh, walk us through niching down and how you got to where you are today, um, how it's made an impact at all with your business. Sure. Uh, so I kind of came to you relatively niche down, but I learned very quickly that it wasn't super niche down. So I knew I wanted to work with dietitians, but um, we talked very, a lot about the fact that a dietitian who's been in the field for 10 years is different from a dietitian who's been in the field for three is different from a dietitian who just passed her RD exam last month. And so I learned that I needed to speak to one type of group in particular. So I wound up cho choosing kind of the under three years of experience. It's mostly like the one to three years experience. So I don't specialize so much in right coming out of your exam. Although, of course, some of the lessons still apply. And it's continuing to evolve. So I don't think you ever finish niching down because you're going to change as a person as you grow and your business is going to change. And that means that your focus is going to shift a little bit. And so I think one of the things that you taught me was to reflect regularly on how it's connecting and how it's resonating for my audience, but also for me so that I can grow and evolve with it as I need to. And one of the things that I also wanted to like kind of bring up was the um, fact that I was really interested in intuitive eating and kind of the um, weight inclusive nutrition and dietetics practice. And when I first came to you, I was like, I don't want to give this up because this is such a passion of mine, but I'm shifting to not work with nutrition clients. So how do I do that? And you had suggested, well, why don't you why don't you target intuitive eating interested dietitians to help them with their confidence and assertiveness and stress? And I was like, no, that's ridiculous. I shouldn't do that. And like fast forward seven months, I think. And that's exactly what I'm in the process of doing right now is kind of like re-evaluating my niche and, and to be able to come out there and support dietitians who are also aligned with kind of the intuitive eating space. And for those of you, I, I appreciate that storytelling and reflection. And for those of you listening, the amount of work that Jess has put to get to where she is and the clarity in her messaging, for all of us who want to be clear and tell stories and, and compel with emotion, like this process takes self-reflection. And I love that, you know, you shared Jess that it's, it's a process and it's an evolution. And I know a lot of you that are scared about how niche down you could or should be or niching down at all, depending on where you are on the spectrum of this process. It's, you know, I say all the time, like it's not a tattoo. You get clear on what you're doing and you evolve as a brand and as a person and as a business. And so I, I really appreciate that Jess is sharing this specific example of how she felt one way and then she evolved to it with some time and reflection. And for those of you listening, you can absolutely do that too. If you give yourself the permission to evolve. Of course. And it's, it goes back to the same thing of you don't have to have it all figured out and you learn and grow with time. So if you just go out there and try something and then see how it goes and you keep shifting and you don't have to have it all figured out right from day one. Yeah. 
And that wouldn't be fun anyway, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's it's honestly really interesting for me to see how things are growing and to feel more connected and more aligned every day because you get to learn more about yourself in the process as well. And in true business development is really just a whole project of self-awareness and understanding, you know, what are you best at and how can you best direct your time and energy and how do you feel fulfilled and how can you fulfill your, your customers and exactly. you're able to bridge all those gaps and, and really align your time and energy. That's where the, the beauty happens. And you're really able to serve not only more people, but the people who you do serve very intentionally. Yes. And it feels really fulfilling to be able to do that. Absolutely. And intention and self-awareness are such big parts of, of what I like believe in because we have to just learn so much about who we are by constantly asking ourselves and getting curious about how a decision makes us feel. And then we learn something about our ideal client from that. We learn something about ourselves and we can shift and make a more authentic brand from that. Yep. And it is hard work. Yes. Very hard. Very easy to sit here and say, and very hard to actually do. <laughs> yeah. Fulfilling and challenging. Yes. So. I appreciate that that's clear. You're, you know, very clear with your communicating that. So there's no misleading parts of this conversation for you listening. Like this takes work and energy. Rewarding, but but it takes work. Absolutely. But I also haven't met many dietitians that aren't up for a good challenge. Uh, Overall, we are a very hardworking group. So um, it usually winds up being a nice challenge for them to be able to put in front of themselves. Which is, which is why I know you and I both just love serving dietitians. It's a very rewarding thing to do, to be able yeah. to help, you know, confidence, assertiveness, and, and business alignment. Absolutely. With that being said, uh, what are other, if any, uh, of the biggest lessons that you learned this year in business? And, and how can those lessons or reflections help fellow dietitians, specifically ones that you target, maybe the first sure. in, in, in dietetics and practice? I think the the biggest lesson that I learned was to not come in with an agenda. So part of my type A perfectionism was always that I knew exactly where I wanted to be. I had, forget like a one-year plan. I had like a 10-year plan. I knew everything that was going to happen. And then I got to that point in my mid-20s where I had, I call it my quarter-life crisis. And I had these big aha moments and realized that I didn't necessarily want those things. So I stopped creating that agenda. And when it comes to my business, I might have a direction. I have goals. Those help move me forward and keep me focused, but they're not rigid. And I understand that it's more about getting out there, building relationships and checking in with your guiding star, like your intuition in order to make the next move. So you So going in and saying, I want to accomplish this by this date or being really specific and rigid about it, you might miss opportunities along the way to learn and grow and tap into what is most authentic for you. Yeah. And would you agree that it's somewhat of a balance of having those goals with deadlines and then allowing for flexibility so then that you can marry the two of of having those quantifiable goals, but then also allowing for, and I guess that the balance between the two is what's that unique challenge is to kind of master. Absolutely. And I do a lot of, um, so I do goal setting and I also do intention setting. And so my goal setting is the more specific, measurable, actionable things that I'm going to do. And they're usually smaller scale. 
Um, so it might be that I have a goal of posting five times a week on Instagram this week. That might be an example, but my intention is a little bit more like hippy dippy, like more of a fluid direction that I want to be heading in. And that helps me make decisions. So when I um, am faced with a decision, I tap into what my intention is for that month or for that quarter. And it helps me decide what's right or wrong and shift around. So it's a little bit more fluid and flexible. It's a really nice balance and a nice unique style that you have that works with your, you know, how you see the world and how you position yourself. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to add as we wrap up and conclude today? Any other kind of things you want to leave us with thought? The biggest thing is put yourself out there imperfectly and be ready to fail. Like as a perfectionist, failure is so hard for me to do, but it is so critical because when we fail, we learn a lot and we grow a lot. You don't grow as much from your successes as you do from your failures. And that's how you build a brand and a business and a life for yourself. So learn from them, grow from them, like reflect when you have setbacks, but don't be afraid to just go out there and do it. And of course, try and have support systems along the way too. So it's not as scary. Those are really powerful. I would agree with all of the above with the focus on the support systems and um, in any way that you can really, uh, really powerful advice. Thank you so much, Jess. Uh, Just as a reminder, you can find Jess on empowering.dietitians on Instagram and a link to her freebie will be in the show notes. So make sure if you're listening to tag us and message Jess and let us know what you got out of this episode. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining today's episode. If you'd love to learn more about how to get leads online and turn prospective customers into clients, apply for my coaching. I still have a wait list. Go ahead and visit LibbyRothschild.com. That's www.LibbyRothschild.com. Go under signature service and apply for my wait list.